Well, it is a blessing to be able to worship with you and to celebrate God's goodness. And uh, before I get into my message, actually, I want to just take a moment and do one more moment of celebration. Uh, I don't always do this for those who have a birthday. However, uh, one of the sweetest ladies that I know who just happens to be able to bake really good coconut cake and pie for me. Uh, and she's already given me permission to tell, me, tell you her age, but Elaine Pinion is 88 years old today, so we want to wish you a happy birthday. Glad to be able to celebrate your birthday with you. Well, two days from today, our nation will celebrate its 241st birthday. Uh, 241 years is a long time. It's almost two and a half centuries ago that the United States was born. A nation based on the ideals of liberty, responsibility, godliness, and the freedom to become what God intended us to become was a new and revolutionary idea. While we celebrate 241 years, there is reason for concern for us as a nation as well. The average lifespan of an empire is generally accepted to be about 250 years, which means that as a nation, we are actually nearing the end of that 250-year period. But I want you to know today that our nation does not necessarily have to be vulnerable. Instead, if we as a nation would turn in repentance, much like the people of Nineveh chose to turn in repentance, our nation can remain free, and the best days of our nation will still remain in front of us. The celebration of our nation's birthday is really a celebration of freedom. We celebrate the precious gift of freedom that we have because of the price that others have paid. You see, we must remember that freedom is not free. Instead, it is very costly. It has cost some people everything, even their own lives. Freedom isn't free, but it is infinitely valuable. The ideal of freedom is an ideal that our founding fathers believed valuable enough to risk everything on. They risked their fortunes, their families, their reputations, and their honor. They risked their very lives, and many of them paid for our freedom with their blood and with the blood of their own children. Today, as we worship in safety and in comfort, we do so because thousands have given their lives and shed their blood on foreign soil, or yes, even in our nation. They died in forsaken places with names not remembered so that we could experience freedom. In fact, it would seem that over the past two decades, we have been in a constant state of war. Some would suggest that that constant state of war goes far beyond those last two decades, with many soldiers being killed so that we can taste the fruit of freedom that springs from the tree of liberty. In a letter to William Smith dated November 13, 1787, Thomas Jefferson wrote, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Freedom is definitely not free. The price is always paid in blood. The blood spilled by young Americans over these past several decades is not the first time that blood was spilled for the freedom of others. 
The blood spilled on battlefields like Concord or Charleston or Yorktown. It was not the first time that blood was spilled for the freedom of others. No, 2,000 years ago, a young man's blood was spilled on the ground so that we could all experience freedom. Jesus came in order to bring us freedom specifically from sin. As Christians, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And in John chapter 8, verses 34 through 36, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Later, the apostle Paul would write these words regarding the work of Jesus in setting us free. He said in Romans 8 verse 2, Through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. This week, we will celebrate our independence from tyranny and oppression, from bondage, from governments, and independence won over 200 years ago. We celebrate an independence as a nation that is temporary. A day will likely come when we will no longer walk in that temporary independence. Nonetheless, we celebrate it. But should we not daily celebrate our independence from the tyranny and bondage of guilt, sin, fear, and death? An independence that was won over 2,000 years ago. Shouldn't we celebrate and discover the depths of an independence that will last forever? If you want to be truly free, free from all that has tied your life down and buried you under the mountainous weight of fear and guilt, then this message today is intended for you. Today, I want us to take a look at three of the ways that Jesus sets us free, if we will only put our faith in him. The first thing I want you to see today is that through Jesus Christ, we can have freedom from guilt. Our past should not haunt us anymore. Have you been dragging your past around? You guys know what I mean. You've done things in the past that perhaps they have brought pain either to you or to someone else. You failed miserably. Perhaps you failed in your marriage. You failed as a parent. You failed financially because, well, you've been irresponsible. You failed at religion, trying to keep all of these lists of rules, the things that you're supposed to do and the things you're not supposed to do. You failed and you failed. And the guilt of your failures and your poor choices is dragging behind, keeping you from soaring. Your past sins are an anchor that keeps you earthbound when you know that your heart longs for you to be able to fly. How would you like to be free from guilt, to be forgiven? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. I, I know I don't normally read from the message, but I love the way this is written. It says, But now in a single victorious stroke of life, all three, sin, guilt, death, are gone. The gift of our Master, Jesus Christ. Thank God. He has made it possible for us to be set free. 
In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, in the New Living Translation, it says, He is so rich in kindness that He purchased our freedom through the blood of His Son, and our sins are forgiven. Because of the work that Jesus did in winning your freedom, you don't have to carry your guilt around anymore. You can release it and be free. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I don't always carry a backpack with me. Typically, when I stand up here and preach, I do not have a backpack, especially one that has heavy weights in it. I want you to know that just as I am able to take this backpack and lay it down, you are able to take the weight of sin and lay it down through the gift of Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you no longer had to drag your past behind you? Wouldn't forgiveness be a breath of fresh air? You can have that forgiveness through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He offers it to you today. When we come to Jesus, the Son of God, and let him set us free, we are free from guilt. You know, I no longer have to carry that weight around with me anymore because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. But there is another freedom that he offers us, and it is freedom from our consequences because Christ died in our place. This past week, I was at our children's camp, and our guest speaker was a, a pastor from Thomasville, North Carolina, and she shared a little bit of her story when she was a child. At the age of seven, she decided that she needed to borrow her big sister's new bike. Now, her big sister was 10 years old, and her big sister had just gotten this bike, and she never would let her ride it. But one day, our speaker came home early from school, and she decided she was going to take the time to ride her sister's bike. She had in mind that she could ride it, and she would enjoy it, and then her sister would never find out anything about it. So as she got home, she had told her friends ahead of time that she was going to go ride her sister's bike. She went home, got the bike, pulled it out, and began to ride it. There were two problems, though. The first one is this. The bike was too big for her. She was seven. The older sister was ten. The bike was significantly big for her. She said she actually had to almost jump up to be able to get on top of the bike. But she did anyways, and she began to ride. And as she begins to ride down this hill, some of her friends who had also gotten out early were standing on the sides of the street and they were actually celebrating and cheering her on until all of a sudden it began to shift because the bike was too big, she couldn't handle it. And suddenly the bike went down, causing not only the bike to become scratched up, a brand new bike, but also for her to begin to, she scraped her leg to where, according to her words, she said, blood was everywhere. Her eyes were filled with tears and embarrassment as everyone else watched. It was too big. Here comes the second problem, though. As she is lying there on the ground, she looks up through her tear-filled eyes and she sees a blurry image. It appears to be her sister getting off the bus. She said at that moment, fear struck her and she watched as suddenly her sister began to run. And the fear that she experienced was because she knew that her sister had every right to be angry at what had taken place. But to her surprise, when her sister reached where she was lying there crying and bleeding, her sister knelt down. She reached underneath her and she picked her up, 
took her inside and bandaged the wounds that were present. In the same way, we know that there are consequences to our actions. But we also know that God is far more concerned with our need for healing than he is interested in getting justice. It's not to say that justice will not occur, but God simply prefers mercy over justice. Hebrews 9.27 teaches us that we will all die and face judgment. That means that there is a consequence for sin. What is that consequence? Romans 6.23 declares that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a very severe consequence. According to scripture, the ultimate consequence for our sin is that one day, every one of us will have to pay with our lives. But we really do not have to do that. The penalty for our sin has already been paid through Jesus Christ. Our account has been credited and we no longer are guilty. Let me demonstrate it for you this way. You guys remember this backpack? Remember the backpack that I was carrying around? I gave you the example that I could simply lay it down, but it's, it's so much more than that. Jonathan, would you come up here just for a moment? Through Christ, I do not simply lay down this weight, but instead I take this weight and I place it on another. And now what happens is I am no longer responsible for this weight, but rather that weight has been passed on to somebody else. Jesus Christ took the weight of your sin and he set you free from it, removed it so that it could never be held against you again. I don't just lay it down where a little bit later I can bend over and pick it back up. I have released it into his care. That is the forgiveness of sins that Jesus Christ offers. The consequence is no longer there. Now, understand, if I do something stupid, there's probably a consequence to it. It's not as if there are no earthly consequences anymore. If I choose to speed, guess what? I still get a speeding ticket. If I run a red light, I still get a ticket. If I choose to be unfaithful within my marriage, it still can destroy my marriage. There are earthly consequences for the choices that we make. However, when Jesus sets us free, he sets us free from the ultimate consequence of death. He has given us the opportunity to be completely set free so that I don't have to fear death when it comes. For I know that that is only the beginning. And I have the promise of eternal life that awaits me. In Christ Jesus, we have freedom. We have freedom from our guilt, where our past cannot haunt us anymore. We are free from the ultimate consequences of our sinful lives because Christ has paid our debt. But there is one other freedom that is important to us, and it is the freedom from accusation. You see, we no longer need to live in fear. We read in Colossians 1 verse 22, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Over the years, I have had the privilege of speaking in multiple venues 
where there were people whom I knew from my past. Sometimes folks from high school, sometimes folks from college. Even here at this church in this town, because this is where I went to college, many of you knew me before I was a pastor. There have even been a few times that I have come across and even preached in front of former girlfriends. Maybe we went out on a single date, maybe it was more than that. By the way, I really didn't date a lot of people, so it's not like there's a whole lot of them out there. Now, by no means do I claim that I was perfect in each of those relationships. But I want you to know that it feels really, really good not to be filled with fear or shame when I see those folks. It's good not to have skeletons in my closet where as soon as they walk in the room, the first thought that goes through my mind is, oh, they remember when I did this. How nice it is to not have to run and hide. How nice is it for us to not have to worry about what someone else will find out. How nice would it be to be free from all of the accusations and the fear that our sins are going to be discovered. That is an incredibly freeing experience. How would it feel to be free from accusation? Would you have a sense of relief, maybe a sense of release? Would you feel as though a weight had been lifted from your shoulders? How would you feel to know that there was no accusation against you? Now, I know you're looking at your own life right now, and you're thinking, but pastor, you don't know the things that I did. You're right. Because you're not the same person you once were, because Jesus Christ has redeemed you, and he has removed the weight of sin. I had a friend of ours in our church in North Carolina. Her name is Doris, wonderful lady. Uh, got involved with the youth ministry, had an incredible... Um, spirit with the kids. They loved being with her. She was a great example, not only to the youth, but to the entire church. And one day she shared her testimony. What nobody knew was that years earlier, in the midst of her sin, she had been with different individuals and she had had a series of abortions. Now we are in a church that is very much against the act of abortion. As she shared her story about how God had completely changed her life and redeemed her, the church looked almost in shock because it's not what they knew. See, she wasn't the same person that she once was. That weight of sin had been removed, and at that point there was no longer an accusation that could be used against her because she's not the same person she was before. Philippians 2.15 says that we are to become blameless and pure before God and our world. In other words, we become free from the accusation. People cannot look at us and say, yeah, but look at the way you're living outside of the body of Christ because you're not living different outside as opposed to inside. You know, to look at me now, you'd never know that I carried a heavy weight up to the platform this morning. Because it's no longer here. I'm no longer identified by that. When I got here, it looked a little bit unique. The pastor doesn't always carry a backpack. He doesn't always have weights in his bag. But at this moment, you look and there's no sign of that bag. In the same way, there should be no sign of the sin which once entangled you. 
Hebrews chapter 12. I used this this past Friday night at the called camp. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out before us. Throw off the things that hinder you. And now you run as one who expects to win. The freedom that we have in Christ enables us to walk in victory. My prayer today is that you would understand freedom in a completely different way from the way our nation understands it. Embrace the freedom of this nation. I want you to love this country. Be grateful for the things that you have. But never forget that the greatest freedom you have came because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He is the one who shed his blood so that you could be forgiven, so that you could be set free, so that you could lay that weight down, even to take that weight and to lay it upon him. And so that you would no longer be identified as who you once were but who you are now in him. If you would, bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Father, as we come before you today, we thank you for the freedom that we have in you. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins that was made possible only because your son, Jesus Christ, willingly laid down his life for us. As we come before you, we recognize that for many of us here today, we have carried the weight of sin for far too long. Some of us still carry that weight because sin still is in control in our lives. It still dominates us. And today we need you to set us free. Perhaps with every head bow and eye closed this morning, there is someone who would say, Pastor, I want the freedom that Jesus Christ alone can give. I want to be forgiven. I no longer want to be identified by my sin. I no longer want to carry that weight. I want to place it upon him and receive his forgiveness. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you are? I want to be able to pray specifically for you. Thank you. Father, as we come before you, we know that you alone set us free. We ask you to set us free. Grant forgiveness and make us whole. Lord, I pray today that you would fill us with your spirit. That you would grant us a new life. So that as others look upon us, they would no longer see who we once were. But that they would see who we are in you. Lord, we give you praise. We celebrate you above all else. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless America. If you would stand and join us as we sing.